You're listening to the Gimme 5 Podcast, episode 117. Me Five Podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things. I have a semi. Hey, you know, if it lasts longer than four hours, you might want to contact a doctor. A condition known as priapism. If it lasts longer than four hours, my partner needs a doctor. Wow. Man. <laughs> you do need an AA. <laughs> I uh, guess this is now as good as time as any to announce our new sponsor, Viagra. Woo! Anyway, we talk about medical issues, pop culture, nostalgia, movies, and music. My name is Greg. I am joined by Gnarly Jimmy. Happy birthday, Greg. Thank you, sir. And Radical Rob. Happy belated birthday, Greg. It's really hard to find 80s-themed words for Jimmy, so Gnarly was about as close as I got. Jammin' Jimmy. Oh, that was that would have been good. No, you didn't. You fail, man. I I, I got like Jagoff Jimmy, but that was more of a <laughs> that was better. <laughs> Which is okay. that's more of a, like a Pittsburgh word than an '80s word. Yeah, that's not uh, one I grew up with. I grew yeah. up with it. I remember Jagoff. Jagoff. Yeah, friggin' Jagoff. Maybe a Pittsburgh and Ohio word. Anyway, we talk about a bunch of pop culture stuff. As I said, this week we are talking about Rad. We're going to talk about the Netflix show slash BBC show Dracula just a little bit. And uh, Rob, you mentioned you saw Bad Boys. Do you want to talk about Bad Boys? I can't talk about Bad Boys. I and you want to talk about the I, gentleman? I could talk about bad boys. I could talk about the gentleman. I could talk about Sabrina. That came out. We binged watch the crap out of that. Well, well, we'll just do two of those. We'll do the movies and then okay. maybe Sabrina. Next. All right then. So we're gonna talk about all those things. Rad, a movie from 1986 that is basically Karate <laughs> Kid with BMX bikes. Oh, <laughs> much. so many things with BMX bikes. Everything with BMX bikes. Uh, yeah. Oh, the, the days only BMX thing. bikes were cool. The only thing that movie did not have were people actually using their, like, fighting with their bikes. I mean, there was competition pushing and shoving, but there wasn't a, a choreographed, like, bike food like scene. Like somebody swinging great. their bike around like a pair of nunchucks. Exactly. It's the only thing it missed. Making sweet love on a BMX bike? Yeah, there's kind of that. Almost. Basically. Making sweet love to a BMX bike. Yes, lots yeah. of that. There was some of that. Anyway, so that's rad. We're going to talk about it in a little bit. It's so rad. That's rad. So, guys, this is a review show. There's going to be spoilers. We'll try. <laughs> I, You know, I don't even. Well, we'll try and avoid major twists. But if we are talking about something that you haven't seen, read, or listened to yet, you might want to use your own discretion. Come back a little bit later after we finish talking about it or after you've seen it. And if you are angry about a spoiling rat, I want you to actually come here and beat one of us up with bike foo. Yes, please show me how 
to do that. Yeah. I want to record it. <laughs> so we're going to talk about some news. There was some some sad news this yes. week. Yeah, Actually, two. Uh, multiple sad news. Um, I got the opportunity to go to the Pro Bowl. Uh, tickets weren't that expensive. That it, very was sad. it was fun. I had a good time with it. A lot of stuff for kids. So I got to bring Ethan around and do a bunch of kid things. Got to my seat uh, right after they announced the names of the starters. There was no 49ers in the, the game for some reason. There wasn't. Uh, maybe maybe it's there's... because they're not good enough to be there. Or, or something. maybe I because they've got something better to do. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I'm actually glad Rob stopped masturbating to the replay of the playoff game long enough to join us on this recording. Who said I stopped? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uncomfortable. But anyway, on a sad note, back to the... the, the yes, back to the subject of sports. Yes. So I sit down, my phone buzzes, and I look down and... I, of course, just like everyone out there knows, saw that it said that Kobe Bryant had died. Mm-hmm. I looked at the person next to me. They were also looking at the phone, and this little kind of hush followed up, fell over the crowd, and there was people starting to look at their phones. Yeah. So, of course, we all know Kobe Bryant died. Uh, helicopter crash with his daughter, Gianna, 13, John Altabelli, who's a baseball coach, longtime baseball coach, Carrie Altabelli, his wife, Alyssa Altabelli, his daughter, Christina Mauser. And the pilot, Era Zaboyan, yeah. uh, helicopter crash. Not sure exactly what totally happened there, but, you know, it was, it was sad. I mean, he, you saw a lot of the athletes on the field. They did a moment of silence about, with about three minutes left in the second quarter. And mm-hmm. you started seeing, you saw the athletes take off their helmets and in the close-ups, you could tell that they were pained. Uh, you could tell that, some of the some of the players were doing little celebrations in his honor, holding up the the two four numbers with their fingers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you know, he, as you, as a lot of people said, he had his whole life ahead of him. You know, it's crazy because you know you play basketball forever, and you're like, okay, now what? And he was getting into movies, he was getting into producing, he was coaching his daughter's team. So yeah, uh, it was tough. The man won an Oscar for his uh, Dear Baseball animated short, basketball? Dear Basketball. I'm sorry. Um, just a really, really weird. I mean, he he was, you know. You said you you played basketball for that many years. The guy played for twenty years. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't play for that long. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was moving into a, a different phase of his life. And uh, man, I I thought his daughter had the coolest freaking nickname uh, <laughs> that he had just trademarked, uh, Mambasita, uh, which is just, yeah, Mambasita. Uh, which was just really, really cool. And, you know, it's it's just really, really, really sad. I did not believe it. Of course, it was first reported by TMZ that, you know, is a tabloid website. So got the news. I, I don't really believe it. Got in the car. I was going to, uh, to the store. I was listening to the Pro Bowl on the radio, and I'm like, why aren't they talking about this? Why aren't, it must be fake. It must be fake. They're not talking about it. And it wasn't until halftime that at least on the radio, they started talking about it. And I'm like, Oh shit, it's real. Mm-hmm. Uh, never was the biggest Kobe fan growing up. Uh, that's just simply because he always buried my, uh, the teams that I actually cared about. Yeah. I, mean, I, got, <laughs> I got to see him play once against mm-hmm. the magic. Um, 
I got to see him knock the Magic out of the playoffs. Well, yeah, he sure did. Uh, yeah, him and his Lakers did. Yep. Um, and I got to end at the All-Star game in Orlando that I went to. I, I didn't go to the actual game because I couldn't afford it, but I went to the, the Futures game. Was it? And yeah. was it hmm? the year that the... Was it the year that the Magic were in the finals? Because they couldn't knock them out of the playoffs. It was in the finals, yeah. Oh, okay. They knocked them, knocked them out of the finals. Beat them 4-1. Well, to one. Yep. Uh, at the Futures All-Star game, I actually, it was cool because he walked in, he sat there and watched the up-and-coming players. And it was it was insane just being like, you know, I've been to enough concerts to where it's no longer weird to see a celebrity right in front of you. But... Yeah. seeing someone of that stature walk in just kind of stand and he was standing in the little like one of those entrance areas on the corners of the of the floor mm-hmm. just watching um so really sad feel bad for his family yeah i mean i i wasn't a basketball fan i i don't really watch basketball unless it's the playoffs cuz there's just it's too erratic and too long of a season for me to follow it all season long Mm-hmm. But I was never a Kobe fan. I never really followed Kobe. But the effect that he had on the sport is undeniable. I mean, oh, yeah. just, yeah. I mean, there there's a whole generation of people who grew up with Kobe as their Michael Jordan. Oh, yeah. So, well, I mean, that, it's, that generation is young and they're playing basketball right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. So his, his mark is undeniable. He he left his mark on the world of basketball without question. And and he's also one of those players who transcended sports as well. I mean, he was he was recognized in all sports. He was recognized all over the world. So. Sad day. Very sad day. Uh, the other one that gave us pause or me pause specifically was Terry Jones. Mm hmm. Of course, yeah. Monty Python. Yeah. Uh, he do, he started uh, forming aphasia, which is a rare form of dementia, affecting mm. speech. And then he eventually, I don't know if it killed him. I don't, I don't know exactly how that works. I guess dementia eventually does kill you, maybe. Um, but he was 77 years old. And uh, one of my favorites, one of Rob's favorites, I know that. Mm-hmm. But uh, so bad week for legends. Yeah. Again, uh, I feel bad for their families, and you know, I guess that's that's we're going to move on to more lame stuff. Yeah, yeah, lame. Uh, one of my one of my movies that in the past I could put on whenever I didn't really know what I wanted to watch. I would break out the old clamshell of Mighty Ducks. Oh God! And put it on, <laughs> and that those and... man those old like sports movies would get me like oh man I hated the the villains and you know fought for the kids. Oh, we'll and... probably talk about that a little bit later with yeah. Brad. Every one of those sports movies, no matter what it was, just I was like, I want to play hockey. Yep. You know, I want to play football. I want to play football. I want to be a hockey I player. Run the annexation of Puerto Rico. Or, or little giant. Even the movie Only the Strong made me want to be a capoeira expert. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Karate American Kid. Anthem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good old American Anthem. Wanted to do gymnastics or something. But anyway, uh, so they are doing a Disney Plus show for the Mighty Ducks, and Emilio Estevez is going to be returning for a lead role. They've talked a little bit about it. It is going to be 10 episodes, uh, 10 30-minute episodes. And the plot is going to be a 13-year-old boy looking to start a hockey team after being kicked out of his local Mighty Ducks League. And I wonder if there's going to be a little bit of a twist where the Mighty Ducks League has gotten too corporate. And Emilio Estevez's character uh, was a Gordon. 
Gordon, um, no, I think he, I'm guessing that he's probably gotten kicked out of it as well and will join up with the 13 year old boy. He will dress up like a 13 year old and take his team to victory. I'm okay with that. That would be funny. Now, someone who, uh, might not be returning to that, and we uh, sincerely hope the best for him, Mr. Sean Weiss, who played Goldberg, the goalie in Mighty Ducks. Now, I wouldn't bring this up otherwise, but since it is topical, we are talking about Mighty Ducks. He has really spiraled out of control, most recently being arrested for burglary and under the influence of methamphetamine. Uh, he was uh, ransacking someone's car in their garage, admitted to police that it was not his, and uh, is is looking looking like he needs a lot of help. So, holy uh, crap! Yeah. Wow, did you but see his mugshot? Yep. Yeah, and then the picture right below it of him in hockey gear. Holy crap! Yeah, uh, meth there, is it, a terrible drug, dude. Don't don't do meth. Not not even once. Mm mm. No, hopefully uh, this brings some, I don't know, better attention to his plight. I know friends are trying to help him out a lot, and hopefully he can turn it around. So very sad to see. Holy shit, how old is he? He is. um, That's what I was looking for, too. Because in 96, he was, what, 12? He looks like he's about 94 because of... uh, because of the meth. Oh my god. The Mr. Uh, Weiss is 41 years old. So he's my well, actually no, he's two years younger than me. Oh my god, he looks so much older. Uh apparently he also got arrested in this is I'm laughing not because of that, but in 2014 for uh getting in a fight with his girlfriend and trying to pee on her. <laughs> I mean, who hasn't tried to use that as a weapon? <laughs> He threatened to peel her, then tried to pee on her, saying, "This is all you're worth." I think that she got oh the. Oh my I th- god! Damn. I think, that, <laughs> I think that she got the better. Half of, I think she got the better part of that, considering what he looks like. And I don't know who she is, but yeah, that sucks. This is all you're worth. Goldberg Holy is not shit. looking good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, one more thing. Mm-hmm. You know, my since it's my birthday, one of my favorite things to do is make it's Rob your angry. birthday. Oh, yeah, God. make Rob angry. Um, so, uh, of course, Disney live action movies. There's another one coming because all of them made a gajillion dollars. I'm just going gonna to... mute my. I'm just going to take my headphones off. Uh, they are, of course, going to do a live action Bambi. Why? Yeah. Why? Just. Uh, because all the you, other ones. You money. say live action. That's big quotes around that. The the trees will be. They might. Live. Yeah, those might be real, or they might use the same script that they use for Avatar to generate a whole jungle. Yeah. Deers live in the jungle, right? That's that's exactly what I meant. So, as if Bambi wasn't depressing enough, you get to watch, uh, you know, a real like you. If you don't want to watch an animated deer die, you're certainly not going to want to watch a real deer or a bleed out on the forest floor. Yeah. Jesus. The the, reviewer, I was trying to find it, but a reviewer on cracked magazine said that the Disney live action movies are 
the sort of the version of a friend coming over to check out his sweet new graphics card on his computer. <laughs> the the Disney live action remakes are are loved by people who don't know any better. There, I find it hard to find people our age who grew up with these Disney movies who actually prefer the remakes to the original. Almost across the board, everybody that I know that I've talked to has said without a fact, without de- without question, that these movies are garbage. And they completely are. If you're comparing them to the originals, these remakes are shit. I'm sorry, mm. Disney. They're garbage. Yeah. Stop doing it because they're total crap. Building on that a little bit, um, you know what I like to see? I like to see books become actualized into film. Uh Mostly so I can see if the director's vision matched, you know, what I saw in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel that's a little bit different. Yeah, these just stop. I, but they're just going to keep coming. You got uh, The Little Mermaid is coming. Yeah, yeah Bambi. I, what else can they do? I mean, they just they did Aladdin. Like, I've already know. I've already made the statement that I am not going to support these Disney remakes anymore. I am not going to see Dumbo. them. I will not go see these things in the theater. Here's here's the quote. Uh, Disney remakes like Bambi serve about as much cinematic purpose as going to your friend's house to see them brag about their new graphics card. Which is about right. Mm-hmm. And that was, uh, I would like to give credit to the writer. And find it. And if, if Bambi, if they're going to go the route of Bambi like they did with The Lion King, it's just a freaking trap. If they can't learn from their own mistakes, it's a total travesty. Well, we need to do it to make it look realistic. Yeah, you know what? We're talking about talking fucking animals, okay? Let's 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 have some perspective right. here. Because if he said was in so agitated, he could have said we're talking about fucking talking animals. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would see. I would watch that actually. Yeah, you so yeah, you would you weirdo. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, well, we we live. I've in, seen in that a, movie before. Yeah, we we live in a state. We sure do. We do. Yeah, a state of. Constant distraction, bewilderment, state of alligators and palm trees and humidity and mosquitoes the size of chihuahuas. The mosquito is our state bird. Jimmy, yes sir. What are we going to talk about right now? WTF? It is time for our weekly segment on our weekly show. Welcome to Florida. WTF? Greg, what do you got? Like a state uh, that always makes us say WTF. Yet again, there were some good ones. There were some bad ones. I went with the ridiculous one. Uh, you guys are going to have to look this up, but a Florida man gives his $500,000 home okay. a very noticeable paint job. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. So there Go is on. a house in Naples, Florida, $500,000. So it's a pretty nice house, what well, was. And Jeffrey uh, Liebman, the owner of the house, uh, oh no, he spent a week transforming the house, lawn, trees, and a van in his driveway into a multicolor spectacle. uh, Into a what? Uh, Multicolor spectacle. It's like, uh, think Dr. Seuss Land, 
but not planned out. There's a Doctor Seuss land. Yeah. Oh, and Universal. Yes. There. Yeah. Is. Red, yellow, orange, blue stripes are all over the house. A palm tree. Uh, there's vertical blue and pink stripes on a van that was in the driveway. <laughs> it was similarly splattered with bright colors and spray painted on the side of the van is the words uh, or is the message who is omar uh, which is particularly funny because our we've had a guest host on here a few times and a friend of the show named omar we have yeah if you put in florida and paint the first item that comes up in google is florida painted house yep yeah you know uh, I'll let you continue, Greg. Uh, the uh, HOA is most like the members of the HOA are most likely shitting litters of kittens in anger of what's going on. Is there an HOA? Yeah, there is. The homeowner association claims that Mr. Oh, Lehman is in violation of a rule provi- prohibiting homeowners from parking in a commercial vehicle in their lot. Oh, yeah, that's the really? one. Yeah. Not painting the like he had to be really insane because there, there's actually well, paint on the roof. <laughs> He is, uh, his father apparently yeah. told him to go to drug rehab, and this was his response. Um, they did say it was going to cost somewhere of like upwards of like two hundred thousand dollars to clean it if they decided to do it. But um, my goodness, they, I guess the father was going to try to sell the, the the father was trying to sell the house, and he didn't want him to. And he got mad that the realtor showed up, and he decided to paint the house over a week. I could only imagine being a neighbor of this of this guy and seeing him lugging out like the purple paint and start splashing it on the front front of his house and be like, "Hey, what's yeah, he doing? Did he do it all at night? I mean, somebody didn't see that, and they were like, "Hey, this guy is uh, just throwing different colored buckets of paint." on his house uh no it took a whole week for them to be like okay maybe there's something wrong here yeah Uh, he was arrested last november by the way for a number of charges including possession of methamphetamine crystal meth you got it there you go uh and for and for smuggling methamphetamine yeah yeah Um, nope, not even once. Uh, he is currently, um, in custody, uh, for unrelated drug charges, but, um, are they really unrelated? (laughs) If you, uh, are they though? Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, he, he watched, uh, that Jackson Pollock movie and, and must've gotten really inspired. It's inspiration comes in strange places and sure does. watching the Jackson Pollock movie on meth is one of those places. Yep. So, uh, Rob, you said starting off before, as we recorded this, you have got a snap decision. I do. Will you regale us with your snap decision? I will. Hit it. How familiar, how familiar are you? With the upcoming new console system releases. Uh, Very not much. I've heard that they are coming, and I've seen leaked images that may or may not be real. Well, there was was leaked info today that may or may not be true. Let's just throw that out there. May or may not be true. But Xbox has decided to try something a little bit different. Xbox is apparently going to be releasing 
two versions of its new system. Okay. Interesting. And they're going to be a it was either a hundred or two hundred dollars apart. Uh, I think it's a hundred dollars apart. No, 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 two hundred dollars apart because their Xbox. Oh God, what is it called? The Xbox X or something? I don't know. Their their top top of the line Xbox that is, is going yeah. is going to be released at four ninety nine. Okay. Meanwhile, Sony's PlayStation Five is expected to be released at. $399, so $100 cheaper. Mm-hmm. Xbox is also going to release a less powerful system, the Xbox S, at $100 cheaper than that. Now, my question is, Is do you see this as a good marketing strategy, or do you see this as just wasted time and effort? Let, okay. me, let me time out there real quick the xbox mm-hmm. one x is already out the xbox one s is also already out i thought the, they weren't due out until holiday season this year that which, is, no, there's, there's am a, i talking about like, something else that's the new xbox series xbox series x or something like that oh okay okay the s is currently out and the x uh supports uhd um and those are Currently 100, 200 apart, something like that. Okay. I I just saw that the ones that were coming out for the holiday season this year, so I could have now, the names incorrect. Right. Now, that is probably going to be the case again because UHD isn't completely standard. Uh, UHD players, I was looking at those, they're still pretty damn expensive. Uh, not every movie that you buy is out on UHD or mm-hmm. 4K ultra high definition. I'm cool with that. Um, I I would be fine having. I think I don't think graphically they're going to be any less different. Aside well, from the the, the uh, article I read said that it'll have a a lower processor. It won't have the same processor. A as lower the, uh, processor. If yeah. that were the case, then if if that is true, then I would, uh, I would I would spend for the the top of the line model now if it were you're buying it for a kid or something like that i mean people always make that argument but go to the pawn shop and buy your kid a wii for 50 bucks um yeah i want to i i want the only thing that's held me back from getting the xbox one x right now that i do have a uh a tv now that does support hdr um Mm -hmm. like the xbox one x does I just, there's a new one coming out in less than a year. So, um, yeah, no, do I have a problem with it? No. Um, I wouldn't buy the lower end one. Yeah. I'm torn. Cause I, I see a lot of students that don't have money, but are gamers and just buy a PC. You're fine. Well, they could, I mean, they can afford a slightly cheaper one. And they probably, you know, they're probably using a TV that was given to them by their parents and mm-hmm. all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, so I think it's actually okay. Uh, the on the other end of it, I also see people that like they'll have an Xbox and then the Xbox Slim comes out and they buy one of those too, or the Xbox Halo Edition comes out and they buy one of those too. Why do you need so many game systems? Right. 
So get get the money where you can, evil corporation. Absolutely, absolutely. But I and and I guess it was just because it was it was a leaked article and and I they didn't really have all that much information. If it's if it's one of those things where it's just a like a UHD thing, I, I could see that. But if they're going to run a slower processor and it won't be able to run all of the same games that the other one can or efficiently or as well, I mean, I don't see the point in releasing a worse system that's incapable of handling the game load that you're planning on putting through it. And I'm hoping that's not what they're doing, but I'm not an Xbox fan, so it doesn't really matter what I think. That'd be annoying having to search through the game. I mean, having to look at all the games like, oh, this only works on Xbox One A, mm-hmm. not One Q. Like eh. That would be pretty stupid. Have you seen yeah. a picture of it? And the one picture I saw looked like it was a giant, uh, like a giant cube or like a rectangle tower kind of thing. I was like, computer oh. tower. That's a computer tower. I mean, it, it looks like a computer tower. Oh, I mean, gotcha, I don't gotcha. <laughs> just buy okay. a computer. You can't get a gaming computer for five ninety nine. No, or four ninety nine. But you, uh, you can upgrade it whenever you want to. So Rob had the snap decision, but I brought a little game to the the show this evening. Ooh, and Jimmy's gonna now, kick my butt apparently. Well, so well, here's the deal. So it is a music related game. Okay, and it is either ridiculously easy if you know the history behind some certain songs, or ridiculously hard. So I took the quiz earlier, and I, I will be honest as to which ones I got right and wrong. So. Okay, and I also the questions are going to be formulated like uh, more like almost like Jeopardy, where I'm not just going to ask you for the names of a certain person, but we have what we're going to answer do is, in the form of a question. Not necessarily that, but you'll you'll understand when I read the questions. I'm not always if the if the person is obscure. Well, what I'm asking you about is surprise guest musicians on famous songs. Oh God. Okay, so it's Rob and I combined. We will, uh, together as a team, see if we can top your sco- score. Correct. Yep, okay. Okay, and the reason why this came to mind was because I was talking uh, either last week or the week before about uh, Maynard James Keenan on uh, uh, Three Little Pigs. Yes. Okay. Hit me okay. with the first question. Okay. This guitarist took t- about 20 seconds or that or sorry recorded for 20 seconds and took about a half an hour to record it for a friend Quincy Jones and did not think that this song was going to ever be heard by anybody what song is it that Eddie Van Halen played guitars on it is a very famous song and Quincy Jones produced it correct the theme song for Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Uh, Could not be more wrong. Eddie Van Halen said, who is going to know that I played on this kid's record, right? Nobody's going to find out. It turned out to be one of the biggest selling albums of all time. That is uh, Thriller by Michael Jackson. Uh, it is Beat It by Michael Jackson, but close. Okay. So that one I got right. This one you might be my this one I, I picked. There's a lot of Bowie here. When David Bowie wrote a song about the trappings of fame, this famous musician did background vocals. So you know the song Fame, obviously. 
Rob, do you have a guess? I, I mean, I know the song Fame, but I don't... I, I did not know this one. I will say Freddie Mercury. Very close. Mick Jagger. John Lennon. That's what fame, I said. Fame, 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 fame. Yeah, that's John Lennon. <laughs> this one is. This one made me laugh. This bass player only got paid $200 and a bag of weed to guest on Young MC's Bust a Move. Just name a bass player, Jimmy. There's a they name a bass player who is not Les Claypool. He's Victor probably Wooten. slash probably wear, wearing a sock on his genitals. Flea? Yep. Flea played on Bust a Move. That one I That's that funny. one I only got because of the description of two hundred dollars in a bag of weed. I'm like it has to be Flea. All right. Uh, Doing great so far. Yeah. People are still debating about who Carly Simon Yursovane is about, but who actually did the background vocals on that song? Dave Coulier. <laughs> a very young Dave Coulier. Yeah. <laughs> You're thinking of Alanis Morissette's uh, I know. Uh, song. Um, who did backing vocals on Yursovane by Carly mm-hmm. Simon? That they have they have equally big lips. Steven but- Tyler? No, you said him earlier. Flea. <laughs> Mick, Mick Jagger. Jagger. Mick Jagger, yeah. I'm going to consider that 0 for 4. A 15-year-old musician played piano on the song Leader of the Pack before making Rob hate him. Billy frickin' Joel. Yes. Yes. Uh, I did not guess that one, but of on course Follow the right. Leader by Corn. I feel like Rob got this one, this next one, uh, just because. Uh, who played bass and guitar on "You Ought to Know" by Alanis Morissette to make it more edgy? Dave Coulier. What? What, what are you mouth? What are you mouthing? Tina Turner. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I was mouthing. Uh, married to Carmen Electra, or was, or mate be, or whatever. Dave Navarro. Yeah, there you go. Oh. Uh, let's see here. David Bowie, Let's Dance. The bluesy guitar was played by BB King. No, he. <laughs> hey, Bucci I Collins. was in the right genre, wasn't I? Stevie Ray Vaughan. Stevie Ray Vaughan. Yep. Wasn't I at least in the right genre? Yeah, yeah, you got blues right. Okay. Uh, who was the drummer? The uh, the, let's see. This one's tough because I know Rob won't know the name of this person, although Jimmy might. Uh, who played drums on Cheryl Crow's If It Makes You Happy? Taylor Plays Hawkins. In it. Very good. Thank you. You got one. That's the one I didn't think anyone would get. Eh. You're a closet Cheryl Crow fan, aren't you? No. And let's, let's, uh, yes, see, there's a couple here, uh, who played drums on No One Knows by Queens of the Stone Age. Dave Grohl. On fire. Yeah. I don't know. Who played, who played the bluesy guitar solo on While My Guitar Gently Weeps by the Beatles. B.B. King. <laughs> 
Way more British. It wasn't George Harrison, was it? David Bowie. Less British. <laughs> Eric Clapton. Oh. And I'm going to go with something that's, that is dear to our hearts as Give Me Five Podcast people. Camp on wanna we hold you in our hearts. The uh, members of Dire Straits played all the background uh, music on this track, except for Mark Knopfler did not play on the track despite writing it. And Jeff Beck played the guitar solo. What Tina Turner song? You said Private Dancer already. You gave it away. Did? Yeah. You started to say it. I just heard you say Mark Knopfler, and I know that name. Yeah, because of... uh, so yeah, Private Dancer was basically Dire Straits with uh, he wrote the with theme Jeff Beck. Song for Princess Bride. Yes, so very good. I, I did better than you. Yeah. How many did you get? There was actually a lot more. I got rid of some of the weirder ones, but I got about twenty. The one most of these ones that I read, I actually got, except for I did not know the Billy Joel one. I did not know the Mick Jagger one. A lot of these I knew, but then had forgotten. Because I, other information went in my head and bumped it out, but you yeah. know. Now that I've remembered it again, I'm gonna forget how to like urinate in a bathroom or something. Gonna urinate on that that guy's girlfriend from because uh, that's Mini all Duck. she's worth. Yeah, Jesus <laughs> took a dark turn. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's let's go to our. Uh, our actual topics today. We're gonna let, let let's hear from Rob. Can we, can we can we hear about the double? Let's do a double movie review from Rob. Oh my god! Talk about both of them at the same time. Actually, when you talk about one, Greg's gonna take that and put it directly over the other. Yeah, I'm gonna just cut it. So you have to talk exactly for five minutes about both, so it lays right on top of each other. Yep. Oh, that'll be interesting. And right. go. No, I'm just kidding. So I went and saw Bad Boys for Life okay. this weekend, and it was actually really enjoyable. It's it's a straight up action flick. There's not a whole mm-hmm. lot involved with it. There's uh, we do not have a return of Gabrielle Union. Apparently, uh, Mike Lowry broke up with her. Um, they actually mentioned it in the movie, but it's um, it it becomes a little bit more personal for Mike Lowry. And there's a weird turn at the end that I'm like, really? Really? Who's Mike Lowry? That's Will Smith's character. Okay. So there's there's somebody who gets released from prison who starts checking people off their hit list. And it's for people that put them in prison and basically caused her her husband to be killed or whatever. And so she's getting... Yes. Dave Coulier got killed. That's a twist. And she's getting revenge and she's checking people off. And the last person that she wants to have the the last person on the list is Mike Lowry for, for whatever reason that they actually reveal in the movie. I won't spoil that for you. It's not that important, but you know, she wants him to be last. So it's, it's an enjoyable action flick. I wouldn't look too much into it because it might start to fall apart. Um, but there, there were some surprises, Mm -hmm. some, some, uh, I don't want to say innocent bystanders, but some, some casualties of war, so to speak. 
Mm -hmm. But yeah, a lot, a lot of action. Inexplicably exploding that shouldn't. Yes. Okay. Yes. It's been a while since I've seen one of those movies. (laughs) At one point, it was it this movie or was it the gentleman? (laughs) I think it was this movie. I think it was this movie. At one point, the bad guy is running from from Martin Lawrence and Will Smith, Mm -hmm. and he he drives his motorcycle past a a flatbed truck that's got a car on the back of it. And somehow manages to fire like six bullets into the car and have it explode. That's the way it works. Nice. Yeah. And that was, that was the one point in the movie that I leaned over to my friend and I was like, yeah, that that doesn't work that way. (laughs) Doesn't happen. Doesn't matter what you hit. That that doesn't happen. Yeah, that's right. I drive a hybrid just in case uh, Will Smith hops in and has a car chase with me. So there, there was some stuff that was, you were like, oh, well, you know, not so much. But there was a neat chase with a helicopter, some a neat motorcycle chase. They had a couple of car chases, some neat driving. You know, it was it was entertaining. The the scenes that really took you out of the movie weren't that many. So, but I mean, honestly, that's what you're going to see. You're going to see stuff explode. I mean, it's it's friggin' bad. Yeah. You're going to see people shoot and going to see stuff explode. And if that's what and you're one, looking, and one liners, did I, yeah. I like one liners? Did and if people that's what explode? No, not Wait. interested. <laughs> no, I Jimmy will be watching scanners when <laughs> we're watching <laughs> Bad Boys Three. So They're making a Bad Boys Four, I believe. I believe they already signed up for that because Bad Boys Three did well. Yeah, well, that's cool. So, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. But Starring is, The Rock. Is, yeah. And only The Rock. And Jason Statham. And is this, is this a movie that you need to see in theaters? Yes. Uh, probably. I mean, it's it. there's a lot of explosions. There's a lot of action. It definitely benefits from the big screen and the surround sound. Yeah. I, would you need to go see it on, like, full price opening weekend? Absolutely not. Go go see it on a Tuesday matinee or or... Or even wait for the dollar theater. I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna lose a ton going to see it that way. Man, I haven't been to the dollar theater in a long time. I, I know, especially when you got like two dollar Tuesday or whatever the hell it is. Yeah. So, yeah. If it was a dollar theater, that would be a really bad bargain. <laughs> yeah. It's a dollar theater except on Tuesdays. That place is like two dollars. Places like the fucking wild west of movies, man. It's great. People just walking around screaming kids, people throwing stuff. Flat out just streaming the movie. It's oh, so, so awesome. People with an entire sound crew recording That's the like movie. the one place that I don't care if somebody's chewing in my ear next to me or talking or you're anything. Like, I'm just like, a dollar. it's a dollar. I'm, I'm not at home right now. It's a dollar. Yeah. That is the meth of movie theaters. So that's my quick review of Bad Boys. Enjoyable. Good. If you're going for a good action flick, go check it out. Okay, now the gentleman. Now, wait, is uh, Bad Boys 17 or whatever it is? Uh, you have to know what's going on, right? So you wouldn't rec- – I have not seen either no. of them. No? Okay. No. It is a completely different, unrelated story. The only, I mean, they they met, they met reference the previous ones in so much as, like, he says, you are, is she as mad as when I broke up with your sister? Or, is you know, it, it, it's just – yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think you really need to see it. And – 
And uh, Mark, you, like one of them was like the the straight laced one, and one of them was more of like the crazy one. Yeah, Martin like, Lawrence is the straight laced one, and he's 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 doing the Roger Murtaugh thing, where he's like, "I'm gonna retire," you know, "I'm too old for this," and you know, then he retires and he sits around his house and breaks shit, and his wife is like, "Get the hell out of the house! What are you doing?" Uh, guys, two times in a row that Rob just didn't swear when he had the opportunity to. We can go see uh, Cats at the Dollar Theater tomorrow night at seven twenty-five p.m. If you're interested, I will pay you a dollar to not have to see that. No, I I will not see that. Black Christmas is showing on. I'm very interested in seeing that. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, so gentlemen, yes. So oh. the gentleman, no, the I gentleman said, oh. is interesting in that talking to us. When I was looking it up, because I was curious to see what people were were saying about it, and the first couple of articles I found were all about how absolutely horrendous this movie is. They're like, Guy Ritchie just absolute Guy Ritchie at his absolute worst. This movie is what's wrong with cinema today. You know, this movie sucks. Blah, blah, blah. Don't go see mm-hmm. this movie. This movie is terrible. But... When you go and look at the reviews on like IMDb or one of those one of those movie sites, like most of the reviews that are from actual people who just went to see the movie are like sevens and above. The movie has like a solid high seven, low eight rating on IMDb, at least when I was looking. And which to me tells tells me that one, the critics are looking way too much into this movie and they're not going and just enjoying it. And so I went and checked it out and I'll be damned if I didn't have a good time in this movie. This movie was a lot of fun. Um, Guy Ritchie did a great job. Isn't he the one who also did like snatch? Yes. Okay. Very stylized. Yeah. Uh, Man from uncle snatch, lock, sock, two smoking barrels. I was going to ask. uh, That was the other one I was going to ask about lock, stock and two smoking barrels because I liked that. And I also mm -hmm. liked snatch. I don't think I saw the other one you mentioned, but I, I I loved the movie. I thought it was I thought it was great. Matthew McConaughey was awesome as the American cowboy setting up his own drug empire in Britain. And it it the the story was great. The the plot twists were great. Hugh Grant was awesome. And the the movie is kind of told in this usual suspect style where one character is kind of narrating the movie and then the scenes kind of take over. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. So yeah. Hugh Grant is is a private investigator who's telling the story of the movie, at least up until the end. So Hugh Grant is telling the story of the movie because he's trying to get Matthew McConaughey's lieutenant to buy his information instead of him selling it to the newspaper guy who wants to destroy Matthew McConaughey. And he's like, you know, I figure this information is worth this much. And he's trying to. T- and so he's giving him all of the information in this long story for him. And Hugh Grant was fantastic. I loved Hugh Grant. Um Oh, what is his name? Uh, Hugh Nannan, the guy from um, Sons of Anarchy. Charlie Hunnam. Uh, Charlie yeah. Hunnam. Hunnam. He he was the lieutenant. He was Matthew McConaughey's lieutenant. He was great. I loved Matthew McConaughey. I loved the 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 Asian guy that they got to play the young dragon who was trying to move in on the territory and everything. And I guess that's Tom Wu. Oh, Michelle Dockery's in this. That might have oh. been. T- is he the young one or is he the old one? Because there was an old one and he was taken over. He's so, the bald guy. Tom Wu? I don't know. 
I don't know. Is he a bald guy? No, he is not a bald guy. <laughs> anyway, I mean, the the movie is great, and I love. I just love the the witty back and forth between some of the characters. Just every everything about the movie. I, I really enjoyed it. I, and I would highly recommend the the movie is worth going to see it on on a weekend. Maybe not opening night because the crowds would be insane, but I would definitely go see it. I would pay full price to see this movie. It was I, I enjoyed it that much. Well. Okay. Well, I'm gonna jump I'm gonna jump and to do another one really quick. All right. I had mentioned this the last time we recorded, but I didn't. We didn't really talk about it. Uh, have any of you guys seen the three episode Dracula uh, miniseries on Netflix? I have not. No, it's only three episodes. I might actually. Yeah. Know. So it's three episodes. Yeah, that's why I watched it because I was like, I didn't want to get involved in too much stuff. Uh, they're all a little over an hour long, like an hour seven, something like that, and they are. They were co-produced by bbc and netflix or they were made by bbc but on netflix or something but they are show run by mark gaddis and stephen moffat and i don't know if you know do you guys know those names you're not really into this type of show but they mm-hmm. produced they were the showrunners of the the most recent versions of uh doctor who okay and also of the sherlock show um, so I, I watched it, there's, as I said, it's three episodes and I'm trying to, let me see how I can spell this out here. Uh, of course it's Dracula story in 1897, Transylvania, the blood drinking count draws his plans against Victorian London. The story is familiar, but a little bit changed. Uh, so it does, it, you are seeing things from a different point of view. I noticed it was very, very British sensibility wise. Um, it's starring a guy named, I can't pronounce his name. I can't pronounce any other names really, but we'll just say Clace Bang is Dracula. Uh, Dolly Wells. Clace Bang? Sure. Is that it? C L A E S? I don't know. I just made that up. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, Dolly Wells, who plays a nun uh, who. Nun your is... business. Sigh. <laughs> who is actually the this show's version of. Um, Oh, shoot. I did not write down the name, and now I'm not remembering it, because that's what happens when I don't write down the names. Uh, the, the Vampire Hunter. Rob, you know the name. Von Helsing. Vess, thank you. Thank you. Oh. So it's so she is a she is Van Helsing. She's not like a relative. Uh, Agatha Van Helsing. Okay. Um, and uh, Morphid Clark, which I don't know how to pronounce M O. M O R F Y D D, but she's in it as well. Good old anyway. Morphid. <laughs> yeah, good old Morphid. Uh, she's a redhead, so Rob might want to look that Ooh. up. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, it's it's the typical vampire story. The first episode is very moody, very good. It's it's interesting because it, for some reason I don't know if this is if this is a British thing or I'll tell you I'm British these, or these these creators, but things don't appear to have any weight when it comes to like people freaking out about something, they're all very matter of fact about stuff. Like there's a vampire at the door. Okay. And they'll like joke about it and things like well, that. Well, as, like, it's as a, a representative <laughs> for uh, the British um, to that, I would say I better grab my jacket because it must be cold outside. I don't know. 
<laughs> Grasping at straw there. No, so it's it, like it was always like that when you watch like Doctor Who. So I don't know if it's the writers or not, because like that's my experience with it. Like Doctor Who, something crazy will happen. And you know, American stuff is way more dramatic. Like we're all going to die, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The British side more has a little bit more like you know. Ah, doctor, you've arrived. What are we going to do now? As the water is slowly going up their chest kind of thing. But there's a little bit of that. Um, very interesting uh, changes in the mythology of Dracula. Like what he can and can't do and what he and why he can and can't do it, which I think is all made up stuff for the show. Such Episode as? one is awesome. Uh, all of Dracula's weaknesses are this is a pretty big spoiler for the end are pretty psychosomatic where and I can Dracula, he can't listen to prodigy yeah he cannot listen to the prodigy. can't listen the song breathe uh mm. causes him to uh stop breathing yes so it's that now and then there's so the and then you get to the third the end of the second episode where it's very moody you know set back in the day and there's a huge twist at the very end of the second episode. And the third episode, most people say pretend it didn't happen. Because, shall I reveal the twist? Listeners, if you don't want to hear the twist of Dracula, don't. Yes, here is your uh, gigantic spoiler warning. Spoiler warning! Yeah, so episode don't two. Don't say we they, didn't warn you. They are on the boat. Uh, the one that you typically know where that brings Dracula to England. Yes. And the nun basically. Draculvana. Yes. The nun basically defeats Dracula and gets him back into his coffin and dumps it in the water. The end of the show is the coffin being brought out of the water and we are in modern day. Ooh. So it brings Dracula to modern day, which is, of course, the very, you know, credits roll. Episode three is all in the modern day and it's weird. There's like a cancer storyline. There's like the nun's like relative who has started this foundation waiting for Dracula to come back. There's like a lawyer or an accountant or something involved saying that they can't arrest Dracula because he hasn't done anything bad yet. <laughs> and in this era, it gets very, very weird, very quick. And it does kind of if the, the second episode does give you a little bit of a stopping point. If you want to, although for just plain weirdness and just enjoying the acting that the people are doing, mm -hmm. you might want to go into episode three. I uh, want to put that on the list of shows that I'm not going to watch now because it sounds dumb. Excellent. The first two episodes are really good. The third one gets weird. That's where I would go with it. Yeah, right. Well, I've deprioritized that thanks to your review. So there thank you. you. No problem. That was rad. Huh? Mm. No. I see what you did there. Yeah. Well, Rob, Not I see you're wearing time. a lovely Give Me Five Podcast t-shirt. I am. Where did you get that Give Me Five Podcast t-shirt? I got that from GiveMeFive.Threadless.com. Excellent. Hang on. I, need, got, to, I need to get something here. Hang on a second. He's going to show us his, oh, look at that. A Give Me Five podcast hoodie. Oh, my goodness. Okay, hold on. 
Oh, look at that. A give me five podcast tattoo on your penis. Exactly. That is a penis cozy, sir. Keeps it warm. Okay, so we are going to stop shilling our awesome products from Threadless. And what we're going to do now is, I believe, talk about Rad. That's Rad. I loved this movie as a kid. I didn't see a lot of movies in the theater, but this was one of them. I didn't know Lori Laughlin was in it. I forgot as well. I'd never seen this. So this was a real treat. <laughs> it is the 80s in wrapped up in BMX biking. So Rad is sure. a BMX movie. Yep. It was released March 28th, 1986. Uh, to me, basically, because I saw it in the theater, as I said, and I'm pretty sure it was only in the theater for a very short time. Uh, directed by Hal Needham who also directed Cannibal Run 1 and 2, Smokey and the Bandit, and a movie that I desperately would like to do on this show, Megaforce. Yeah, how Needham go back to film school. <laughs> he pretty much had all the money in the world after Cannibal Run and Smokey and the Bandit took off. They pretty much let him do whatever, and he was like, you know what I want? BMX biking. Uh, it is starring, as uh, Jimmy said, or and Rob said, Lori Laughlin, yep. Bart Connor, uh, and Talia Shire, uh, who is Adrian from the Rocky movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, also uh, Mr. Hand from, uh, uh, was it uh, Fast Times or from Breakfast Club? I think Breakfast Club. Or no, just Fast Times. It's Fast Times. Yeah. 80s credentials gone. Uh, it is the story of one man, one young man, Crew Jones has the intensity and desire to win a BMX race called Hell Track. Which yeah. is the first funny thing about this movie, that it's called Hell, Hell Track, Track, and it's sponsored by 7-Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> and has a giant, uh, like, kick cereal bowl. It does. Oh, man, I want to skateboard in that thing. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. So, first of all, what you guys think? Yeah, it was a nice 80s romp. Uh, I I, I believe I said this movie fucking rules. Um, <laughs> about ten minutes into it, so I everything that I ever uh, thought of the video games Paperboy or Excite Bike. Yes. Um, this was those two video games combined, and. Uh, I loved it. Even the weird shit, man. And we'll get to the weird shit because they got weird. weird. Uh, I loved it. I thought this movie was fantastic. It's exactly what, um, you know, I, I, I hope we can cover more of than this. <laughs> uh, this movie, when I saw it, I it went we out immediately. House. I had woods behind my house and I will, t and Jimmy is more aware of my klutziness than Rob, which is weird. Since Rob has known me longer, but mm -hmm. we, there was a BMX track up in the woods behind our, our community pool. And it was actually pretty neat. Yeah. But at one point there was a hill where you kind of started at the top and went down the hill and someone had put like a, a, what's it called? A cinder block with a piece of wood. So it made a ramp halfway down the hill and I hit it wrong once. And my bike went between two trees and the handlebars got stuck on the trees and I went over and through the trees. 
and landed in a patch of like water plants, which <laughs> broke my fall. Um, I still have scars on my shins from my BMX uh, clutziness, Ooh. but mm. it was pretty much from this movie. So when I was watching the movie, my, my shins were aching just a little bit, but it, I did not become a BMX racer. I did take my SATs instead of racing on Helltrack, unlike as as did I. Hero. Yeah, you know he didn't go back six months later. I'm I'm sorry, but that whole conversation between him and his mom about it, <laughs> I was I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I forget the the word the phrasing was so weird. She was like, and, and I know they were trying to have this big dramatic moment, but it just came off stupid. I'm like. What? No. Oh, God. Okay. She calls him self-destructive, and he's like, not taking this opportunity would be very self-destructive. That would be self-destructive. I'm like, what? Like, What kid talks like that? Yeah. And then uh, uh, there there were a couple of those speeches in this movie, because that the speech that the cop gave to try and motivate the people to donate money, I was like, what? When he, he ended the speech with, well, then I guess we'll just have to live with it. And I'm like, what? He says something about like, I've watched those boys. I've watched those boys grow up. I've chased those boys. I've chased (laughs) those boys for, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he deserves this shot. And if he doesn't get this shot, well, then I guess we'll just have to live with it. And he's like, what? And he's like, hated the kid the entire movie. There's never been anything other than the cop chasing him around. So yeah, but see, I don't, I don't feel that he actually hated the kid. I thought it was one of those things where he just kind of chased the kid to chase the kid, and it was like, yeah. like a them Duke boys kind of situation. Yeah, well, uh, no, because because the 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 sheriff in the in the Dukes of Hazard actually didn't like the Duke boys. I yeah. thought from that one chase scene where he he pulls up and he kind of beeps the horn. It was almost like a game they played. I yeah, didn't think yeah, it was that's really what a, that's what yeah, I thought. It was. I don't think I it was a hateful was... thing. It was like, ah, you got me again, you dang teenagers. I mean, and, and at the end, when he leaps the fence with his bike and he's riding off, you know, the cop, you know, salutes him and says, all right, you got me again. I, so yeah. I don't think there was any animosity there. So so this movie opens up with a montage of just BMX people floating through the air in slow motion. And it's really, really long. It's really long. I was <laughs> like, wow, you, you didn't cut anything. Did yeah, you out of this? Person? I thought that this movie was going to be an hour and a half of people doing like flatland tricks on their, on their bikes. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, is this gonna damn. And they shot a lot of it without you seeing the ground. So it almost looks like it's where like BMX bikers go when they die. Yeah. They're like living through the sky. <laughs> It was that whole song from the beginning. Yeah, was it? Uh, I think they break the ice. It feels like time. It's like one of those super eighties, like just a bunch of dramatic words put together, cutting like a knife. In fact, this entire song to me, I've, I I looked at the lyrics of the song, and the entire song was all like cliches. Like if it yeah. was a coach, if it was a coach talking in a locker room, Jimmy would actually throw a remote control through a television. But it's set through like synth music and guitar. Yeah, yeah. So it was okay then. No, I don't... Take it one day at a time! No, the soundtrack for this movie sucked ass. What? You shut your whole mouth, (laughs) It was bad for 1980. It really really was. It really was. No. 
Send Me an Angel is one of the best songs ever written, and I will fight you in the front yard. No, but that that wasn't written for the movie. No. There was there were a bunch of songs that seemed like they were written for the movie, and they weren't that good. Oh, yeah, they all sucked, but I'm still going to fight Jimmy. <laughs> you can fight me all you want to, but I'll never get the Wow, Send Me an Angel of the is playing. BMX fucking choreographed dance scene. <laughs> yeah, that's how oh we should fight. Oh, my God. Um, bicycle Boogie, I think they called it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're uh, we got to build up yeah. to that. That's okay. So, uh, some of the other things I wanted to make note of: paper there route. was a lovely, yeah, the good old paper out montage sequence when you sh- see how his his mad skills were acquired because he's a uh, you know doing a paper route. Mm-hmm. Uh, the if you don't mind me saying so, the the little kid that he goes to talk to briefly, um, I he was sort of dressed like a middle aged like lesbian housewife. I don't know. I did not realize that was a little kid because the way he was <laughs> he was wearing he was wearing culottes. Like, yeah. But that was uh very 80s. Yeah. And it also made me realize that kids in the 80s all look like 30-year-olds. Like when they show him like at the school or when he's hanging out with his buddies, like well, all of them look really really old. That's really they old. cast 30-year-olds to play high school kids. For by the, the way, part, I mean, by the way, did you notice that Bart, the BMX champion guy or whatever, was from Florida? Yeah. Yes, he was Bart from Florida. Yeah. Bart Taylor, or yep. Stewart, or whatever. Uh, his yeah, they were like well, part of it is like the perms, like all the all the girls had very big big hair, so it made them look way older mm-hmm. than they really were. Um, I think the lead, I think crew was like twenty three. So that's not too bad, but like they all looked ridiculously old. Uh, the little girl who actually did look like a little girl, she was kind of a dick. Like they love to say shit. In, yeah, like, in she was wearing, like she was. She was kind of mean to that other little redhead kid. Well, but and, he was a jerk to her before too. So, like the opening sequence, he's just like saying that he likes the other racer, and she's like, "Whatever you." Shithead or whatever she calls him. Take that back. Fuck off, you piece of shit. And then she stabbed and then him. She, she kicked yeah, him was... in the shins. That's what she did with everybody in this movie. She kicked him in the shins. And then she refused to sell him a t-shirt later. Like, like chick, they're trying to make money. Yeah. I mean, not really at that point, but... Yeah, and when she gets in trouble by her brother for that, she, it just bums me out that those kids think Barton is so rad. Yeah, I'm like, what? Okay... And then the and then the guy who the, the guy who allowed him to compete and lost like a crap ton of money because of it, but you know, because it was the right thing to do. I'm like, what? The- was that was that the old guy? Yeah, that was giving the middle finger the whole time. Yeah. So anyway, the the, the little plot of this story of this story is this small town apparently is banking their entire economy on this BMX race. And what, getting mongoose's money is that kind of what I'm to believe here? Something like that. Having. Yeah. Something like that. And so, like, apparently the entire economy is based on BMX racing, which is kind of weird because sometimes BMX is considered the coolest thing in the world that everyone wants to do. But also the the lead guy, BMX guy, decides to try to impress women and get them to go on dates with them by doing BMX tricks. And she's like, what are you going to do? Bring me on that bike? Like, literally everyone in the town from the 70-year-old dude down to, like, the 7-year-old chick is all about BMX racing. And this one girl is like, except the girl that he's interested in. Yeah. Like what? You want to ride a bike? 
Yeah. And, and oh my God, that dance sequence in the gym where they were actually dancing. I was like, man, we were terrible at this in the (laughs) eighties. Yeah. Are are we there now? There's a couple little, let me just, there's a couple little things here. Uh, uh, they're the douchey. So anyway, the mongoose guys come, and the mongoose team is a bunch of uh, douchey bike guys that are like, "Oh, this stupid small town." Uh, one dude looks like Kevin Bacon. Calls uh, it a hick town. Yeah, he calls mm-hmm. it a hick town. Uh, Lori Laughlin appears with them, and almost immediately, kind of dis disowns them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, the evil blonde guy. Why are the blonde guys always evil? Rob. Genetics. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, evil blonde guy, uh, of course, g- goes around and they're checking out girls and whatever. But um, they uh, there's a couple little things I noticed. Like when he tries to help his mom pick up the the grocery bag, do you notice he misses? Yeah, like, and the bag like, rips. The bag rips, and like you could tell that they're like, "Oh shit, we don't just keep going. Like we don't have enough money for a second reel of film." So there's a couple things like that where things get messed, where things mess up, and they don't fix it. Like I, I'm pretty sure when the sheriff like stutters in the car, you go, you go here, whatever he's saying, I forget what it was exactly, but like it would have been cut out of any other good movie. It is not cut out of this. But yeah, they go to the dance as you said. They are, they are doing a, a dance montage, and if you noticed. Did you notice that the, I believe the twins, right? They were wearing costumes from the movie V. Yeah. <laughs> what was, was like, that? I was like, what's with no, the no, sci-fi like they, were costumes. they were literally wearing costumes from the movie V. Like they borrowed them. And for some reason, inexplicably ended up in the movie. Sure. That's yeah. hilarious. Oh, and the, um, I liked, I did like the housewife that was trying to get back to her house to get her cake out of the oven. But was upset that it, the street was blocked for the parade. Yeah. And she was like, this is the most un-American thing ever. And I'm like, yes, it is. Uh, a parade is actually the most American thing ever. <laughs> like, like just a random parade for, for some corporate bike guys. Yeah. yeah I, I don't think this, but anyway, parade of Billy Joel impersonators. Rob would have loved that shit. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that would have been on the way, on terrible. the way to a baseball field. That would have been great. That would have been super American. Billy Joel wearing the uniform of every MLB baseball team with bald eagles perched on his shoulders (laughs) all at once. Yes. Anyway, you guys want to talk? Yeah. So there's a dance celebrating hell track, right? And it's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's like a, your typical high school dance that you see in all the, you know, eighties movies, but it turns into this weird Duran Duran video. They, the, the mongoose team, you know, they come out and they're like, let's show these hicks how it's done. And they've got this fucking choreographed dance that they do. For, <laughs> they like go from town to town and race their BMX bikes and do tricks and some not like I guess every town has a dance and they just you know tear it up. I guess it's dumb as fuck. I mean it's it's bad. It's not even good choreography. I'm, I'm not a dance expert. You should have seen me 
last weekend. Uh, I'm a you, embarrassed for you myself. Sent you sent me a text <laughs> that I feel like it doesn't even need explanation to the listeners because the ones that get it will get it. When you said Tomax and Zaymot yep. <laughs> can dance. And I was watching it this afternoon and I, I laughed at the text. <laughs> I laughed at my memory of the text so much that my laptop fell off my lap. And on the <laughs> they look like the twins from G.I. Joe. <laughs> they totally did. And, yeah. uh, and uh, for some reason, crew is outside of the, the weird video shoot and he's doing tricks and he's got his own little crowd. And Lori Laughlin's character gets on her bike. This is where it just gets really fucking weird. She gets her on her bike and she's like, follow me. And they ride their bikes into the gymnasium where the mm-hmm. dance is happening. And then that send me an angel song. Who is that? Like warrant real life, real, real life. life. I don't, don't look at me. Like I should know that that song sucks. That song. No, awesome. it's not. And then for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally going to be played on the podcast. Now That's fine. That, right? I'm not going to listen to that shit. You can QC this thing yourself. Um, they start bike dancing, and he's wearing sequins. They're both wearing sequins, and it looks like a Neil. It it goes from a Duran Duran video. Like, off focus, like the Vaseline on the lens. Yeah, it goes from a Duran Duran video to a Neil Diamond video, and they're like making love on their bikes in a way and it's just the weirdest I just sat there with this like I'm in the break room at work surrounded by a whole bunch of people just with this it's like what's that like I'm I'm like covering my screen like oh god anybody standing on the seat there's one point where Lori Laughlin is like riding her bike backwards and it looks like she's back to insert the front of the bike seat into various places on her the way mm-hmm. she's like leaning yeah. back yeah it's it's very sexual at times on these BMX bikes. I don't know. I can't imagine seeing this in 1986. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I hate you. Um, <laughs> I love that. I lost my train of thought. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, it's just so weird. Everyone gathering around the outside. Yeah, it was it was interesting. It's like I was wondering who thought that was a good idea. Uh Hal Needham did. Rest in peace. Yeah, apparently. At some point in this part they cut away, I think, to the two old guys that are the sponsors of the mayor or whatever he is. Uh whatever they are. <laughs> they, the people that are gonna drinking make, booze like it's uh, he's all the old white guys like is basically what Prohibition starts there. tomorrow. Yeah, and they were like, who's that guy? He's pretty good. And they, but it's funny because, like, they make these two old guys seem to be, like, to know more about BMX raking, biking than any old white guys have ever known about BMX yeah, biking. Yeah, that was ever. weird. They were, like, way into it. Mm-hmm. Because they were, like, using terminology. And I was like, uh, yeah. Mm, no, no. Yeah, old guys, old white guys don't care about BMX biking. In fact, the only reason we care about BMX biking is because we cared about it back then a little bit. Um, yeah. Also, I don't know if you noticed the clapping that was going on during the wonderful song. 
the best song ever written, I might add. The clapping was not on beat. And also it was not aligned with the actual hands of the people clapping in the sequence. Nice. So all the people standing on the outside. So there was really three different beats going on. Partially because the song that they played during the sequence was not like when they filmed it was not mm. the same one that they actually had in the final movie. That's funny. So, so they wow. had to make sure that none of they they didn't know what song they were going to use yet. So they had to make sure that none of the people were actually singing words. Yeah, this song had no place during that part. And and I just had the the thought just occurred to me now. Movies like Turbo Kid might not exist without Mega Force and Rad. Okay, so oh, let's that's entirely possible. Yeah, let's let's say I mean this this has deep roots in in you know, nostalgia. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's very connected to it, but I feel like this movie, there was a race to, uh, make a movie called rad. And this was the one that got done first. Yeah. There's like eight other people with movie scripts named rad. Yeah. That like, just ah, didn't get funding in time. It, and it was about how? different things. Was like a, a fencing one, a surfing one. Like a, <laughs> yeah. Skateboarding, of course. Yeah. Um, have any of you guys ever been ass sliding? I have not. That to me, that just sounds like sliding. But you know, it was it, it, to me. I was what it was like. This is ass sliding, and I forgot about that part. Jimmy had texted me, or both of us, about yeah. It, and I was like, "What is that?" And then they said it, and I was like, I, "At first, I was like, was that some sort of trick that they do?" And then I realized it was yeah, literally just sliding. I thought he said they, ice sliding. I was like, no, no, they didn't say ass sliding. They yeah, did. they, they sure totally did. Said ass sliding. Yeah, they did. They did. I, I had the. They, they just went to the river and like jumped on this water slide with their clothes on and shit, and well, just slid into the river. I'm like, what the? They're yeah. It's like the next day after the the weird. Would you bicycle boogie, bike boogie? Yeah. And she's like, "Thanks for the dance. You really got some nice moves." Like nobody fucking dances on BMX bikes. They're talking yeah, but about you know it what? Like should, why did you leave so fast? <laughs> but you know what? The bicycle boogie was was completely superior to the choreographed shit that the other guys were doing. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm doing air quotes around choreographed because they were yeah. just like, ah, go pretend like you know what you're yeah. doing. Um, before the ass sliding sequence, Lori Laughlin's character is commenting on how beautiful it is. And it is. It's a very beautiful setting where this was shot. And she's like, oh, you must have a lot of fun around here. And he goes, you want to have some real fun? And I'm like, oh, cool. They're going to go, like, go burn down trees or blow shit up or something. <laughs> and then, like Rob said, they just... Yeah. Have you ever been beaver hunting? Yeah. <laughs> they get on a slide, and they slide into the river, and they call it ass sliding. And she's basically dressed like my mother dressed when we moved to Florida. They're dressed like it's like cold. She's wearing... And then they're just going well because it was cold. Just, and then they're like, she's wearing like a velour purple tracksuit, or like, yeah, it was basically the, it was a big, velour purple. And then they suit. slide into the river and they stand in the wind, cold and wet. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> that seems like a terrible idea. It was filmed in in Canada in the fall, so like it literally snowed on Hell Track. Uh, yeah, when, when Hell Track freezes over. No, that was they even oh said my that. God. They yeah. said when Hell Track freezes over in the movie. I believe it was the. Ah, uh, I'm not sure. I thought it was the. Also, I believe the quote. Girl. The quote of the movie: uh, "No guts, no glory." 
was also in this part. I believe she tells him no gluts, no glory. The which was the name of another movie. The no gluts, no glory part came when where crew inexplicably or he's just practicing doing a backflip every mm. day. And Lori Loughlin says, you should do this without the padding. Yeah. <laughs> well, she also tells him that he's not leading with his head. He's leading. Yeah. He's trying to, he's trying to make his body lead his head. And if she, if he just leads with his head, his body will follow. Yeah. You know, with that kind of coaching, uh, Lori Laughlin might've been able to get her daughter into college without having to cheat. Yeah. I mean, maybe the daughter could have got like an ass sliding, uh, scholarship. scholarship. Yep. Yeah. Uh, her her daughter needed all the help she could get. I've watched a YouTube video. She's I'm not sorry. very smart. I'm sorry that you did that. Thank you for taking that research for the team She's right there. Dumb. Like really dumb. Like really, but, really, but really make dumb. more money than us because she's on YouTube. Mm. Because people people will pay money to watch other people be stupid. It's true. It's kind of weird like that. All Speaking of those of, reality you guys TV should shows, donate to our oh no. Go ahead, sorry. All of those reality TV shows are just people being stupid. Yeah, yeah, true. Okay, so let, let's let us move on. We are we have now gotten to the BMX race. Uh I want to ride in that kickspool. So the very first race didn't it was basically they're like talking about this town being like BMX racing is the future of this town and basically they're just riding through a park with some like ropes on the ground. Yeah. And well that's, that's the qualifying course. They didn't want yeah, to expose the track yet. They didn't want yeah. people to see the yeah. track crew yet. keeps fucking cheating. Yeah, he keeps going off course. Yeah. Yeah. There there's one part where they they say, oh, what a shortcut. I think he does a backflip for some reason. But he is cutting off the course. He's cheating. He's off-road. Yeah. Yep. And he's, of course, arguing with his mother about being able to do this race. And that's what Rob said to talk about ruining your future. And he, at one point, he says, the only thing I'm good at is riding this bike. And he says it so poorly, like he acts it so poorly. The only thing I can think of is definitely better at riding that bike than you are at acting. Yeah. Because the, the delivery was, was not, I mean, the script wasn't great, but the delivery was even worse. <laughs> uh, they keep on changing the hell track bylaws to try to keep this guy out for whatever reason. Yeah. They, they, they don't want the local kid to maybe accidentally beat the super guy. Well, they've got, they've got a big business deal riding on, on, on the outcome of the race but it's only if their guy wins, you know, they have all of this yeah. merchandise and everything and the guy's going to buy their, their product and sell it in his store. But only if he has the, the spokesperson, you know, be the, the one who won the race. Yeah. And I get that. They threw that in the, the script, really not how it works in real life. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you're good, you're good, whatever. Uh, and of course, this is where the evil old guys came in and they're always like these evil slimy, like, fat old white guys and as i was watching this i was like or literally every 80s villain like supposed to be harvey weinstein like that's they all look like descriptions of what has been going on with him so it kind of made me think of that and then let, should we talk about hell, hell track 
and how it how it kind of finishes. Yeah, so it finishes all over your face. Oh. So, what do you think of Helltrack? I what, what? I really want to ride a bike on Helltrack very slowly and by myself. I don't because that three story drop would kill me. I would slide they, down. Yeah. I would ass slide down that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that you'd have to do that. They. Apparently, no one was able to complete all of Helltrack, like, without crashing. So they, each section of Helltrack they filmed, they, they used real BMX people. Each section of Helltrack they filmed separately. Mm-hmm. Uh, they actually, the, the drop at the beginning mm-hmm. that would have killed Rob and myself uh, was 25 feet. It had actually started out as 50 feet, and they actually had to delay filming because they realized that literally everyone would die <laughs> trying to go down Jesus. the straight down wall. And all these baby acts people are like, yeah, we're in your silly movie, but we're not going to break things for it. So, yeah. Uh, the, the the track had some interesting obstacles, I, as we mentioned earlier. I definitely like the bowl of cereal that was there for whatever reason. Yeah, that actually said life. kicks on yeah, it. Sure did. Yeah, it said kicks on it. And you had to drive across the spoon that was sitting in the bowl of cereal and jump out of it. Although one person jumped through it. Uh, there was the one dude that kept on flipping his bike off the track. Hollywood. Yeah, Hollywood. Uh, I don't remember ever seeing Hulk Hogan do a backflip. <laughs> Hulk Hogan eats announced- your heart out. Yeah, a, when he does his backflip, he's a backflip. Hulk Hogan, eat your heart out. I can out. see Hulk Hogan sitting on his giant couch uh, because he he was super rich at the time, uh, eating a yeah. bowl of kicks, watching this this live BMX race, and as soon as Opening. as soon as Crew does a backflip, he just Bits his kicks Spitzes. all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe he did that. Do that, brother. <laughs> he was never known for his moon salts, so I don't, I don't yeah. quite know why they had to throw that in there. Like the two quotes, that, the two quotes that I wrote down was backflip, Hulk Hogan, eat your heart out, and God, but I wouldn't give to go ass sliding with you right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, he oh did say that. Yeah, uh, so this move that it ends, of course, with the hero winning, and it was kind of a different ending. Like they, they not doing this race would be self destructive. Yeah, he he goes up against. I appreciated the, the ending to this movie. It was very much like Robot Jocks, where the bad guy and the good guy kind of become friends at the end, and they join the same team. But freeze frame at the end, where everybody's got their hands raised. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on, they don't just have their hands raised. Bart, for some reason, they, they lift up, lift Bart's, up bike. Bart's bike, and they're just like, <laughs> "Yay!" Like what? he can join our team, but you know, you don't really have a a team. It no. was something that you created just to get into this race. Yeah. So the thing that I really appreciated about this was um, the the head of Mongoose or whatever. He's got his team that he knows far too much about racing for being a fat seventy year old white he- dude. From Texas. Yeah, and uh, he's he's telling Bart and Tamax and Zamot that they need to throw the race. They need to take out Crew, and the twins are all down with it, you know, because they're evil uh, Cobra soldiers. But Bart mm-hmm. is like, no, that's bullshit. Um, so Bart takes out 
one of the Reynolds twins so that he can set up a mano mano finish to the race with crew to see once and for all who is the BMX king of hell track. And I liked that a lot more than I should have. <laughs> probably, you, you cheered, did you? You spit out your bowl of no, kicks. No, I was, I was like... They still sell kicks? Yeah, I think so. These things are awful. I feel like we should have been eating kicks while watching this No, movie. I would have died. Um, <laughs> but I, I dug it. You know, I had to pause it and say, I got to finish this one. I'm not surrounded by people because I'm going to get too excited. Uh, and I did. I waited <laughs> till I got home. I finished. I cheered. I bought a BMX bike on Amazon and I can't wait for it to come in. Nice. And you're going to, uh, we can build sweet ramps in my front yard. Dude, please. Oh, that's who he was. Because I kept, I kept looking at the, uh, the bad guy going, man, I know this guy. What else has he been in? What Which one? The, the dark haired mustache guy or the, uh, the like, old guy. Okay. The mongoose guy. Yeah. Yeah. He was he was the guy that was trying to sell off Johnny Five in Short Circuit too. Ah, uh, that's a very weird reference, but that's who it was. Yeah. Next week we'll be watching Short Circuit too. <laughs> there you go. Now, uh, so just a couple little fun facts. The original name of this movie was Balls Out. All right, which nice. is probably how they were able to jump on uh, on the rad name. Uh, and it was used in the movie because of that. Sergeant Smith tells him to go balls out. Uh, during filming, none of the stunt riders, as I said before, were able to complete one entire lap of hell track. They had to film one section at a time, five, about five times each one before filming the next section. Um, the It was filmed in the fall, so all the trees were not green. So they, they had to spray paint all the leaves on the trees green. And while they were filming, they had oh to tell God. people to take off their, take off their jackets because it was filmed in Canada. Oh, God. Now, this is the part where I always find this interesting when we do this, when some one of you guys will bring up something related, but for a different movie. This movie actually has the uh, the different the biggest discrepancy of ratings between audience and critics on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, the rating from critics is 0%, the lowest possible score on Rotten Tomatoes. The audience rating is at ninety one percent positive. Well, that that might be a little bit high for this movie, and they're probably leaning very heavily on nostalgia. Yeah. So it is the largest discrepancy between audience and critical reception, and that is based on ten thousand movies analyzed at the time of the writing of this article. Uh, so the question that I usually ask here: Should this movie re- be remade? Um, it has in, uh, many different forms. Karate Kid, uh, uh Dodgeball. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's the same underground, underground, uh, underdog, small town hero. Local kid makes yeah. good. Little giant. Um, Star Wars. Uh, if, if they did it specifically BMX. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. BMX needs a resurgence. Why not do it again? Rad too. Uh, the other little yeah. thing to know, guys. The electric to... boogaloo. <laughs> BMX two. The BMX boogaloo. <laughs> BMX two. The wrath of crew. Nice. <laughs> uh, 
this movie has never been released on DVD or Blu-ray. So if you guys are listening to us talk about it, you're like, hell yeah, I want to see Rad again or for the first time. Good luck finding it because it is not released on DVD or Blu-ray. However, if you check out our Facebook page, there may or may not be a link to it because I'm not entirely sure who owes who owns it anymore because I don't think TriStar Pictures exists anymore. Yeah, I don't think anybody does. So it is available. If you Google Watch Rad online, there is a BMX website where a guy posted it and all of the comments underneath it are glorious. They're amazing. Yes. People are like, I'm going to drink a beer in honor of you tonight. And there's a lot of <laughs> Lori Laughlin. Yeah. Jokes. It's good. It's good stuff, man. I really dug this movie. But inevitably, what will happen is now that we've done an episode on it, it'll be released on DVD in about three weeks. True. Like a special edition that comes in a BMX bike. Yeah. Hopefully it comes with the one I ordered on Amazon. I hope that's true. And uh, good. Side note, did you know that the that the police officer is a former professional wrestler? I did not. Who is he? He looks like Hard Boiled Haggerty. Ah. He went by the name Hard Boiled Haggerty. All right. It was a, just a, it was the dude that directed And he it was, was also a, a professional American football player. Huh. It tends to happen. Okay, so that is rad. It was rad. Well, we just talked a whole lot about BMX. An entire town building its economy on BMX. And that is not too far off in the 80s as I felt like I was always riding around on a bike doing fun things as did I. So we decided for our give me five question of the week, we are going to talk about the top five bicycle scenes in movies. Thank you, Rob, for coming up with the question. I have a feeling we, I have a feeling we might have some similar answers though. My top five biking scenes from movies, uh, span outside of the eighties. So, um, I know we didn't specify that, but a lot of them do take place in the 80s. Hmm. My number five is going to be the bicycle boogie from the movie Rad. Um, (laughs) I really wanted to put this as number one, but it just doesn't hold that place in my heart. Um, Number five, for its sheer ridiculousness, uh, more people need to see this. And uh, we will be posting a link for that soon, I'm sure. My number four, I'm sure it is not on your list, but it is the super awesome BMX scene from the movie 127 Hours. That is the story of outdoorsman. Cut his arm off. Yep, Aaron Ralston, as played by uh, James Franco, about a hiker who fell into a. Uh, ravine not a ravine but a, a crack in the earth while hiking crevice. and yes a crevice and cut his own arm off to survive using a dead squirrel right he just ran the dead squirrel over his arm no that's not what that, happened that's uh rob will have to tell he, us how that's he impossible used, he used a beaver like they would in the flintstones yeah he just yeah. held it by the tail and it just it I chopped its teeth. Yep. And the beaver looks at the camera and says, you think your job sucks. <laughs> and it went, whoa, 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 whoa. 
My number three is going to be the Skeletron torture scene. Well, it's actually a murder, but it's from the movie Tur- Turbo Kid. <laughs> yes. uh, the uh, subject being tortured, he, the end of his intestines are wrapped about, around Skeletron's uh, bicycle and Skeletron. Skeletron. God, I'm having such a hard time saying that. Because you um, keep wanting to say Skeletor. Yeah. He... Um, unwinds the intestines from the victim's body. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's where we're probably going to run into some overlap here. My number two is the flight of E.T., uh, the extraterrestrial. <laughs> I can't talk tonight. Extraterrestrial. <laughs> yes. <laughs> As from the uh, one of the Cheech and Chong movies, he played E.T., or Eddie Torres. We have, we have a title. <laughs> Eddie Torres, the extra testicle. Um, my number one is the from the movie Goonies. It is Josh Brolin on the girl's bike. Uh, it's absolutely hilarious scene. And uh, that actually is number one in my heart. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm not- very curious to hear yours. My number five is going to be Pee Wee Herman riding his beloved bike. Almost made my list. Yeah. You got to respect did... the Pee Wee Herman bike. You oh, yeah. Pee Wee Herman, because that's pretty much the whole plot of the, the movie. But, you know, if the green screen looking bike shot. It's number four. gadget bike that did everything. Yes. Number four. Rad. I'm get, I'm torn because there's a lot of different bike scenes. I didn't know if I should go bike heaven at the beginning. I didn't know if I should go <laughs> bike heaven. <laughs> I, I didn't know if I should go the the hell track race. But they're I think all dead. I, yeah, they're all, that's what happens when you when you <laughs> when you lose on hell track. You end up in bike heaven, just floating and doing kick whatever kick flips uh, in space or in this guy <laughs> in space. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go with the the, the, the the bicycle boogie as well, BMX bicycle boogie, whatever we called it. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, that, that's too ridiculous to not pit put in there as number four. Amazing. Uh, number three, I actually went with the jumping over sweet ramps in Napoleon Dynamite. Okay. Yep. Because that was about my skill level, and <laughs> that was. <laughs> Do you ever take it off any sweet jumps? Yeah, like I used to do that all the time. My my house in Pittsburgh did not have a sidewalk to ride like that in front of the house, but my house in South Florida did, so I, I did take it off some sweet jumps. Uh, number two, the Wizard of Oz, Mrs. Gulch. Iconic, yes. Even has a theme song, which, which Rob will. Very good. Number one, E.T. going across the moon, or Elliot going across the moon on his bicycle is uh, so iconic i believe it was on the yeah. posters it's an entire ride it's yep. everything it's not it's it's, it's weird. logo for his company yeah it's a logo for his company it's one of Amblin those entertainment Amblin. yep i wanted to have more exciting ones because when we first asked the question i was thinking more like action bicycle scenes but like only really one of them is in mine but that that was mine i'm I'm actually surprised. I got three that neither of you mentioned. So my my honorable mention is going to be the Napoleon Dynamite scene because it just makes me laugh. 
Mm-hmm. Especially when he hits that jump and it falls out from underneath him and he rams his testicles on the bar. <laughs> <laughs> that is friggin' hilarious. Always funny. My my number five is and the reason it's so low, because there are some really neat tricks in it, but the reason it's so low is because it's so implausible. But Jason Statham on his on the bicycle keeping up with the car that was just stolen from him in Transporter 3. Ah, uh, yes. He jumps on this BMX bike and he does some sweet tricks on it. And at the end of the ride, he lays the bike down and friggin' rides it like a surfboard. I'm like, are you shitting me, dude? <laughs> but so implausible because there's no way in hell that he's keeping up with a with a vehicle going full speed. Probably not. At number four, I'm I'm gonna put a scene that I that I had forgotten about, but I remembered and looking at it, I remember watching it as a kid. But it's from the Muppet movie. Watching Miss Piggy and Kermit singing right. and riding that bike and watching the the puppets work the pedals and stuff is like oh, yeah. I, I remember that scene so vividly from watching yep. it as a kid. So I'm gonna go with the Muppet movie at number three. Very good. Was that no, that was number four. I'm sorry, yeah, number, number four. four. At number three, I'm going to go with another movie that no, none of you picked up on because who in the hell would not want to take their BMX bike down a water slide. And that's exactly what they did in BMX Bandit. Yes. A very young Nicole Kidman. Yep, in BMX Bandits. So that's going to be my number three. I've never heard of that movie. My my number two is going to be... What am I hearing? You're hearing my dog pitter-pattering all over the... uh... You're hearing my dog pitter-pattering all over the floor. Um, pitter patter on your floor. Yeah, pitter patter. My number two, because because it's so iconic, it's going to be Mrs. Gulch in the Wizard of Oz. More specifically, though, the scene where the bike transforms into the broom. Yeah, in the, in the tornado when yeah, she's yeah. when Dorothy looks out the window and sees Mrs. Gulch riding her bicycle, and then she transforms into the witch on the broom. That was great for the time. Oh yeah. Super awesome special effects, but very iconic. But of course, my number one, probably the most iconic bicycle scene of all time, and that has to be the E.T. ride over across the moon. Yep. Yeah, definitely. And that's my five. Cool. Very good and, list, gentlemen. And guys, I know this this topic was so broad. There are probably scenes that we've forgotten. So if you guys remember a scene that you think should be included, send us an email. And you know what? You can reach us at give me five. Oh, wait, is this mine? I think it I is now. On, I think I just jumped on somebody's because <laughs> I think I did the spoilers. You did do the spoilers. <laughs> wow. Stepping I, all over Jimmy's thing, but doing I it was very just well. Stepping all over no, Jimmy, but was, I, I had a great lead in, so I was running with it. Keep going. Greg will just cut out that little section and it'll be no, I will flawless. Not. I'm leaving that right in this. <laughs> so you can reach us at give me five podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook by searching for give me five podcast, or you can reach us on Twitter and Instagram at give me five pod. And please guys always leave us a review. It really helps us stand out and it helps other people find us. Jimmy. Yes, sir. What else should they look up and purchase? You guys should check out Give Me Five 
podcast.threadless.com for all of your give me five apparel. Uh, hopefully soon. You know what? I'm I'm gonna do it. Do it. I think I'm gonna do it. Um, soon. Possibly not through give me five dot threadless dot com. Give me five podcast dot threadless dot com, but perhaps on our website at give me five podcast dot com. Uh, very soon you will be able to purchase some different gear. Uh, guys, I'm thinking about making some rad racing shirts out there for ooh, ooh. perhaps a limited run, in addition to some Stephen King rules shirts as well so keep up with that now's the time to start checking the websites because the updates will be coming fast and furious like the bike racing scenes from the movie rad excellent excellent fast and furious will any of them have uh vin diesel um you know i've reached out and uh he is uh no comment from his people uh, what about Paul Walker? You don't need his permission. Wah, 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 wah. I am a terrible person. Guys, thank you so much for listening. And as always, good afternoon, good morning, whatever. Good morning, good afternoon, and Stranger <laughs> Things isn't the only media with bicycles in it. So shame uh, on everyone out there for saying, oh, that reminds me of Stranger Things. There was a time before that show, people. Good night. Jimmy, you start. Like, answer the question? Yeah. <laughs> you just said start. <laughs> you start doing a lot of And we're off. We're running, baby. I already asked the question. I could start I can... writing a book. I could start doing a lot of things. All right. Urinating so... right down your leg. <laughs>